Here we are, episode 26 of Built for Better. Today I had Ryan Medley on from Dubbo. A really, really inspirational story. He had a football accident that's led to him being in a wheelchair. Uh, Really love his outlook on life, but I'm not going to give too much away. I'll let you jump in and listen, but before we get into it, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. Wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door. But time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude. But this ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your news. I got places above. Here we are, mate. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you. Thanks for having us, ladies. Appreciate it. How's your day, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Nice and cold over here. Yeah. yeah, it's cold here as well. The last couple of days have been freezing. Um, yeah, I guess winter's putting it, uh, you get the beanie on there. Yeah, beanie scarf. Yeah, my body regulation's not the greatest. And, yeah, I struggle in the winter. Yeah. I did a little bit of research and uh, what I could find is uh, if you weren't working, you were training. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I sort of, yeah, prior to my injury, I was, um, yeah, pretty start, like pretty sort of work orientated, pretty business orientated. So, yeah, what am I ABD? So, have to keep yourself busy. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, before we get too into it, let's jump back a little bit. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about what you're like at school, um, what your upbringing was like. And then, obviously, introduction in the sport. Yeah, so I've um, um, well, well, my name's Ryan, and I um, yeah, I grew up in Dubbo, um, born and bred. Sort of enjoyed my time. Love growing up here. It's a pretty good place. Uh, uh, went to the public schools here. Got sort of right involved in the sport and um, within sort of the cricket circles and the footy circles. Um, my main sport of choice was cricket. Um, I had the joys of it to sort of take me to, to a couple of different places and enjoy it. Um, I think sometimes my confidence outweighed my talent, but it took me somewhere. That's not a it. bad thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, we need that every now and then. And were you more um, a batter or a bowler? Yeah, I was sort of a leg spin bowler. I uh, bat a bit. Could hold, like, hold myself with the bat a little bit sort of around here and and that, but yeah, once you get the levels and more competition stuff, I was more of a yeah, predominantly leg spin bowler. So, yeah, I uh, moved to Sydney for that. Um, yeah, just didn't quite cope with the city life or the or and really, um, probably nerves got me a bit too. That didn't help, but uh, pre game yeah. nerves or yeah, during, during more likely, yeah, during the game nerves, yeah. When they threw you the ball, you'd get a bit nervous. Yeah, probably just under pressure. Probably struggled under pressure in, in sport. Yeah. Talent and, talent and training and skills-wise was always pretty good, but under pressure, I always sort of yeah, struggled a bit. How do you find the pressure now in business? Uh, I'm good. Um, yeah, no problems. I sort of I keep business quite, quite uh, in its box. It is business and you keep it quite logical. Um, I don't think too emotional about it. So that, that makes it really straightforward to make the, to make the decisions and move forward, I guess. 
Yeah. And were you a good kid at school and did you enjoy the process of going through the schooling? Yeah, I had a ball. I'd go back any time, actually. Same. I enjoyed it. It's pretty easy to uh, have a good time when all you need to do is turn up. Uh, you get two lunches a day, get to catch up with all your mates, yeah, know what parties are on. Now it's yeah. few and far between, catching up with your mates when you're flat out working all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss it. I miss it. We've done well. A lot of my good mates are... A lot of my closest mates are still from school, which sounds pretty similar to yourself. Yeah, and you're still all based around Dubbo, all your friends and whatnot? Uh, not my schoolmates. Uh, there's only a couple of them around. Um, most of them sort of spread their wings and, and gotten away. And some have done that and come back. And I'm sort of similar in that regard. I've, I've sort of left Dubbo for six, seven years and then relocated and come back. So, yes. Yeah, and then the road from Sydney, like you said, the nerves. What were you doing for work and stuff down there? Yeah, so I studied and uh, worked sort of labouring um, between between landscaping and concreting. Um, uh, and then I studied construction management at University of New South Wales. I uh, got about three and a half years through that and uh, didn't really pull the pin. I just deferred and I pretty much went travelling did my bits and pieces, did all the stuff that I like doing as a young lad. A lot of young people like doing it. Doing the Europe, doing the Southeast Asia trips and with mates and, and whatnot. And sort of by that stage, sort of cricket had long gone and, and I had sort of no aspirations of making them reach any higher. So I uh, did all that sort of things and then I sort of fell into concrete the whole way through. Kept finding that that's a good job. It was labour intensive. Uh, the money was good and yeah, you. It's sort of something I kept falling back into. So when I think of con- when I think of a concreter, I just think of labour intensive, hard work every day. Yeah, to a degree, I suppose if you're a high energy person and and understand you've got um, a gym and your personal training a lot. So to me, you got paid to train sometimes. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, and it, and it is it is labour intensive. Um, and concrete sort of judges your day, so how hard, like how hard you need to work, sometimes to is determined by what by what's going on with the elements. You know, if it's a hot day, you're moving a lot quicker. If it's a cold day and it's rainy like today, you stand around twiddling your thumbs a lot. So, so your days can change, but but it's good. It doesn't run on time. There's no such thing as a watch. So, yeah, I, I like that side of it. it was, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And travelling, how long did you spend overseas? Did you do a decent stint in Europe? Uh, yeah, I did a couple. Um, sort of kept, uh, not, not as long as I thought. Uh, I got a visa to stay for two years and found myself broke after three months, had too much of a good time. So <laughs> had to come back and then did another little stint as well and that was only a couple of months too. So, um, yeah, I kept, I kept spending too much money to be honest. Plenty of stories, I'm sure. Yeah, and I sort of, I sort of got stuck in um, London for a little bit, trying to think about working, and I thought, oh, if I'm going to work, I might as well come back. So I didn't want to be, I didn't feel like that was a holiday. Yeah, hundred percent. I've one of my best mates spent uh, two years over in Europe, and yeah, he's got plenty of good stories. 
it's kind of an experience that I didn't get to sort of have. Like I come straight out of school and went straight into an apprenticeship and just I guess it was something that didn't I didn't make happen, but it's something that if I went back, I would definitely change for sure. I think there's a lot to learn from travelling overseas with, you know, language barriers like money and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it, it gives you that um, it gives you that escape from reality sometimes. Like it, is it put, can put um, life back like in your – sometimes you find yourself in a bubble um, and, and when you get back to, you know, when, when you go over, spread your wings, see how different people live, different cultures go, you sort of come back and realise what's important sometimes and, and that not to get too entrenched and take things too seriously out there. Because, you know, no phone, like when I travelled, there's no phones, there's no um, Facebook sort of starting around, but it's only there when you want to jump into an internet cafe. So you're quite, you're quite isolated from the world. So, Takes you, makes you sit back and look at what you've been doing, and sort of respect what you know what what's important to you. Yeah, yeah, I, love that. Good. yeah. I love that part of it. Yeah. And once you got back, you moved back to Dubbo, back concreting, were you? Yeah, back concreting Dubbo started up. Um, started up. I've always sort of worked sort of as a as a sole trader, I suppose, for a big part of the last few years and years in Sydney. Uh, come back to Dubbo, just opportunities. Um, I went and worked for a local guy that I was quite good friends with. Uh, did a, did sort of twelve months to find my feet with them, um, and then went and sort of picked up my own work and started on my own and sort of got out of the sole trader to more the boated sort of style work. And, and and then that was good. Um, I sort of had a bit of business influence from my father and my brother. They're in business together. Um, they're and their trade. They're from a trade background. So that, that was good. They sort of helped me walk through how to go about things and, and you know, how to be set up sort of in that sort of regard, you know, what, what insurances and what sort of side of things you needed. So that, that was being fortunate there. I was really lucky. And then, yeah, poking along, like, between for that period of my life, um, like my workforce changed um, depending on the workload. So we could go anywhere between six and four, you know, six guys to, to two back to, you know, wherever, depending on what we had going on. Yeah, there's so much to learn in business, isn't there? And it's really good to have someone that can sometimes point you in the right directions because it's easy to take three steps the wrong way. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it's always good to have that people you trust, um, that they know you're getting good advice. Like I know, like I sort of draw on the on my brother and he's, he's more optimistic uh, in the way he views things. We view things in how you can look to grow, get bigger, and that style. And where you know, my old man's more along the lines of, you know, a bit more conservative. Have you thought conservative? So, have you thought of, you know, this, this, and this? What happens if this happens? Yeah, it's a good mix. It's good. It's, yeah, and it's good. Yeah. I think the older generation think a little bit too much sometimes, or <laughs> more inclined just to jump head first in. Yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah, exactly. But but in saying that, it's sort of like it, it's a bit of that uh, that person on your shoulder. Go, oh, wait a minute, I never thought of that. So it's always good. It's yeah, hundred percent. Um, let's jump forward to, to your injury, and how's that kind of? Let's talk about um, the processes to now. Yeah, so that it was June the fourth, uh, two thousand seventeen. Uh, just uh, it's funny. I, I, 
Oh, and I'll, I'll probably jump into it a bit more as I, I talk about where your headspace goes. Um, but I remember the day and I remember the whole weekend, like minute to minute, um, because it's something that, like, you just think about, you know, all the what ifs, like what if I hadn't, you know, what if I didn't get in the car and drive down to Wellington? What if I decided not to play that day? What if I just went and went to work? Like, and a part of that what if attitude sort of over time you sort of learn to, to get it out of your mind because um, it doesn't do you any favours whatsoever because, you know, your, your normal weekend, say you think of every weekend just as a, in general, you'd never think of every minute to minute of what you've done every Friday, half way through to Sunday. But this one, this particular weekend I have uh, because of what's happened. But, um, yeah, so I know, I, know, I know it really well. I know what happened and, and, and it's been a bit of a process in getting your head around it. But, yeah, basically it was June the 4th of Sunday and I'm, I've driven down to Wellington to play a game of football. First game in, um, first game of rugby league in quite a few years. Not my first game of uh, contact sort of sport. I played a bit of rugby and, and that. Uh, here and there for a few different clubs previously, but yeah, first game of rugby league in six years. Um, sat on the bench and was I, was I was well prepared. Like I hadn't played a game for probably like I trained for probably six weeks prior, um, so I wasn't unfit or I wasn't out of nick. I was I was well prepared for the game. Yeah, got on the field and um, yeah, sort of just start taking a regulation hit up um, and got myself sort of in a bit of a position. It's a bit of a it's a little bit of a blur. I don't know quite what happened, but somewhere between someone tackling my knees and me going head head first into a tackler's chest, it sort of got squashed, it felt like. And then um, I was a bit out of it for a little bit. And I remember waking up, well, not waking up, but sort of coming to a little bit more face down. And then someone, and then I was, yeah, I was sort of looking at the sky and, and I had uh, the tackler was looking at me at the time, actually, um, was saying, you know, get up, uh, get up, get up. Like, you know, in, in a normal conversation, as a footy conversation goes, get up to play the ball. And I remember saying to him, mate, I don't, I don't think I can. And then he said, like, and then he was sort of like, get up. And I was like, oh, look, it's a bit more serious. Like, I can't move. And then, um, yeah, that's sort of when I think it got real around everyone. I was surprisingly calm. I don't know why. I was just surprisingly calm. And then, yeah, the first aid in the league safe. And and uh, I was lucky enough to have a paramedic off duty there as well. And um, they were all to the, you know, first at the, at the scene. Um, and they did well at keeping me calm. I didn't have an idea of what happened, but I knew what happened, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I didn't know that I'd, um, you know, severed um, my spine at a C5 level because I didn't know all that information and never had any medical background like that. But I knew, like, I couldn't feel or move much, so I, was, I knew what, what had happened. So, yeah, and then from there, I sort of, you know, laid on the ground and, like, credit to, like, the New South Wales Health Study Industry. I was, from the moment I've hurt myself to the point of being under the knife, I think it was within two hours. From a Wellington field to in front of you know the best sort of spinal surgeons you can get um, within two hours is pretty amazing. Like it's pretty amazing that in your sort of hardest times that yeah, New South Wales helps pretty well on top of it. It's 
special they car. They flew you to Sydney, mate? Airlifted, yeah, airlifted off the ground. Um, I was sort of fortunate enough on the ground to make a few phone calls to people. Uh, I, did, I had no idea what to expect or what was going to come, but I'm glad I did that. I got to ring my wife uh, and my mum uh, and my best mate. I uh, got to give them a call and they heard my voice. And a part of that, I think, eased everyone a little bit around me, um, which at the time I'm glad we did. Um, yeah, so th- th- and that, but yeah, so because from there I sort of got flown to Sydney, I went under the knife. Um, they, um, they reconstructed my C5 and C4 vertebrae, they straightened that up. Um, and then from there, from there, my lungs collapsed. So I was on a ventilator for four and a half weeks. Um, that meant I couldn't. That meant I couldn't communicate like verbally with anyone. We only communicate through my eyes. And I was pretty much in ICU for six weeks as a part of that recovery. And um, during the period, you sort of no one actually tell you um, exactly what to expect because no one really knows because I'm. An incomplete injury, um, but yeah, you you get a sense of what's what's going to happen and, and where you're going to go to from there. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty daunting, but it's probably more daunting thinking about it now. Going back at the time, you sort of you just going day by day, moment by moment. So you're not really. It's not like you get yourself. Well, I personally didn't get myself too down in those periods. Looking back now, like I, I feel like I would have been. Not at the time. Yeah. yeah. And what was the process after the you got out of ICU, mate? So you start at an acute physio um, sector in Rowan North Shore. So you go to level seven. And this is pretty well for most, I think, as far as I can see, most spinal injuries. And you would have, um, you would have your acute um, stage where you go through the physiotherapy and you start, uh, rebuilding, start the rebuilding phase, really. Um, start gaining all your movement um, and learning how to, you know, live life how you are. Um, for an incomplete injury, you get, you do get a lot of major gains from, say, day one to, to say, yeah, through that first sort of six months, you get some really significant gains, like um, especially like in your movement. Um, like I know sort of day one I couldn't move my arms at all um, to sort of, you know, by the time I'd left the acute stage of physiotherapy, I had my arms back and you had a bit more moving, a few more muscles around your, around your top end and, and that, which um, sort of is, is, you know, in comparison to say, you know, MS-like conditions, um, going forward from, from one point helps your motivation. And helps you, your mental, you know, knowing that you're improving. Uh, that that goes a long way to helping, um, helping you move forward and, and get through, get through your day to day. And looking back on that time now, um, like in that physio component, would you say that you were fairly determined most days? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like I wouldn't say determined. I think like I sort of, I sort of. Uh, promised myself. Uh, I had a, I've got huge, like I had a huge amount of support around me. Uh, just you know, I've got a big family and a big, big group of friends and and that um, and sort of 
a lot of people, it sounds strange, but um, a lot of people, like I've, I felt a bit, not, not so much determined, I felt a bit embedded to, to my family and to my friends and to, to a lot of, and to the sort of people that had helped me, especially early, um, that I wanted to at least, you know, give it me best. And, and whether I was upset, you know, inside my own mind or not, I sort of figured, well, I just keep turning up. I wouldn't say determined. Determined is probably the wrong, wrong word. More, I just figured, well, I just keep turning up, keep showing my face. That went for both training and visitors. Like if someone had made the effort to come and see me, I wanted to make sure I made the effort to see them um, because I felt like, you know, I felt embedded, indebted to say, well, you've made such a big effort for me, I'll... At least I can do is at least, you know, turn up even if I was not quite myself or a bit sort of down. So I sort of, through that period, I sort of felt like I'd just keep turning up, uh, just keep getting out of bed, you know, don't, don't, don't lay around, turn up to every session that they book you in for, you know, see everyone as they come and, and basically try to, you know, even if, even if it didn't feel like I was being, like at least show up and put a smile on, on your face. And then eventually you sort of get, you'll get, you get better, like you, you, you get, you adjust. Yeah. So that was sort of my, that was my mindset at that process, like through that acute rehab stage. Take, comes a grip. Yeah. Day by day, one step at a time. Yeah, day by day and just making sure I'm just getting out of bed. I had some really good advice um, from a, from a, like he was a clinical, um, a clinical nurse consultant. I think he was, a, he was a pretty intelligent guy, and he sort of ran the ICU at Royal North Shore. And he just sort of, he sort of just grabbed me and sort of said, "Look, be upset if you're upset. Make it a moment. Like just really, in really respect the fact that if you are upset, make it a moment, but then push on. Don't let it drag you down for too long a periods because you, you can get stuck. And and that was pretty good advice." Great piece of advice. So how long were you in Sydney for? I did nine months in Sydney um, and my wife was by my side uh, every moment of that and my family, my my father and mother were with me for six months and, um, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I was pretty lucky to have them around so constantly. and all up, and all up, myself and Case were down there from. We left in April the fourteenth, I think it was. So I think it was roughly about nine months. Yeah, yeah. Then we come back. Um, I got into physio, uh, into the physio EP side of things from there um, in Dubbo with with Mick, and we did. I did a couple months here. That was probably the toughest. That was probably a tough period because I come back to an area uh, that I knew so well on my feet. Um, and, and it really comes, hits home that first month because you're sort of so, you're just subconsciously, you know, in a home that you're used to, in a town that you're used to, you're so used to getting around and you know what it's like. You keep finding yourself, jolting yourself, going, oh, no, that's right. Like, I'm, yeah, you find yourself so... You realise how restricted you are in comparison to what it was like prior. Um, I battled hard for that month uh, mentally, um, 
real, yeah. Yeah, that, that was difficult. For, after that, I went up to the Gold Coast to a place called Making Strides. Um, and they're, uh, they're a physio rehab facility. Uh, oh, and, and they do exercise physiology. It's, it's, it's known as from, from that. And that's more where they treat your chronic injuries for, long, for longer periods. Uh, and it, that was awesome. That was, that was probably the best thing. That was, that was a really good, good thing to do at that time. So I did three months there and, and it was intense and and it was a big part of that was you were surrounded by a lot of like-minded guys in chairs um, all determined to sort of get the best out of their situation and a lot of them gave you some awesome advice on how to get by in life uh, in your chair, you know, like how to go about things like, you know, you know have you tried, you know, have you tried this catheter, have you tried... You know, have you tried getting down a, a, a curb like this? Have you, you know, or use these cabs or, you know, just, you know, go to this place. The tables there are awesome. They suit. Like just all these little things that you sort of didn't quite think of and their advice was like um, bouncing off each other as well as getting stronger and, and that, that, that was a really that was a really good part and that, that helped me. And aided me. That comes back to the kind of team environment you used to from your cricket and that. Yeah, probably, probably the thing is like, uh, you, I'm a bit of a studier. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of watch people real intently. Like, and especially since my injury, I've, once I know someone's of a similar level or got similar capabilities, sort of you watch them real hard to see what they can and can't do and see if you can take something out of what they're doing. Um, and I've, all, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've never struggled at communicating, as you can probably tell by this podcast. I don't struggle to talk, but so I look. I looked for answers for a lot of guys there, and I quizzed them a lot. And and a lot of people within uh, within that um, gym facility were they're more than happy to help you, and they're more than happy to pass on any advice. And it goes both ways. You'll be bouncing off each other, so it's not it's not all way one way street. Yeah. It was a it was a good part. It was a good good, good turning point to sort of start to get back to how life's going to be outside of a outside of a hospital. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And was that Gold Coast trip kind of your last trip for that kind of um, like EP work? Uh, no, not necessarily. Well, I thought it was in some ways. Um, but then after that, we moved back to Dubbo. Uh, myself and Case come back to Dubbo, uh, set up in our house again. And, um, and that's when I, I teamed up with uh, my EP in, in, in Dubbo was Nick um, and me and her were doing a lot of sessions at a, at a makeshift gym that was out of my parents' place. And um, we'd sort of spent many of the sessions sort of talking about setting something up, um, both for myself and for other people with um, other people that need that style of, um, you know, other people with chronic injuries that need that style of training and that style of rehab. So, yeah, that's when we sort of moved into the setting up uh, what we've got uh, on the move. And, yeah, that's where it sort of game child started from that. When was on the move born? Yeah, in that in that shed with me and Nick and we were just what in our... What was that? 
uh, would have been that would have been early uh, would have been late two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. yeah. So sort of we've been up and running for probably nearly eighteen months now, um, but probably took six months from when I got home to to setting up to um, to to yeah to open the doors. Yeah, I bet that was an exciting project to get off the ground. It was awesome. It was really good. And, um, Just paint so, the picture for the listeners quickly what On The Move is. So On The Move, what we are is a, like, a rare, like a rehabilitation centre like aimed specifically at uh, those with chronic injuries or disabilities um, where uh, we're sort of, it's all, it's predominantly one-on-one um, with them and we take a range of, like you know, disabilities have, and chronic injuries have different. You know, as as as, as some people know, it, it it's vastly different. Um, you know, some are some are um, more physically easy to see, I suppose. You know, for those that are in chairs, but it's not always the case. It's uh, it's quite it's quite broad ranging, and the guys do um, to develop sort of one on one programs and and run and run each person through uh, what. Yeah, in what to make them get the most out of uh, their capabilities and and be as strong as possible and as fit as possible. Yeah, you painted the picture like it's a small uh, little project, but I did some research. There's quite a it's quite a few staff on board now, and a few of the listeners will know Jake Dargan's part of the team as well. Yeah, Jake's part of our team. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got a bit of a condo um, vibe in our in our crew. Laura's recently joined. Um, she's a condo girl, uh, and we've got Beck, Nick, uh, Nick, who's my director and business partner. Uh, we've got Rob, who's a social welfare guy, uh, and then we've got Case, who's my wife. She's the admin, and she's AHO. Um, so yeah, we're building. We're building a bit of a team, and yeah, there's there's a lot of guys getting through the doors. I wouldn't know the exact numbers, but um, yeah, there's sort of it's up there over a hundred. Um, which is really good, and it's got a good vibe. Yeah, I, really, I love the vibe. You, you, some days when you come in here, there's, there's certain hours of the day where you can get some uh, real big personalities, and you get some real good laughs. Yeah, and and everyone moving forward, trying to get the most, and being real super positive. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, so good. I can't wait to uh, come check it out one day. What uh, What's the vision for on the move? Oh, from the move, I think um, it's sort of um, at the moment. I like the I like what we do. Uh, we're we're EP based predominantly, uh, exercise physiology based, and we uh, I think we're providing a good service for and yeah, it, it's nice to be able to be doing something. We do it right and give a good service for what what we provide. Um, and that sort of stems from Nick. I'm, I'm not medically um, based background. I think she's she's an accredited exercise physiologist, and in that style of um, you know having that sort of person at the top of the top of the tree sort of um, make sure that our service is always quality. I sort of stick in line with organising logistics and bookings, um, and that that's that's easy part for me. I, I think like that. So yeah, it's been a good team and. Um, it works well. Yeah, the future, I think, yeah, just as long as people keep coming through the door, then they keep enjoying what we're doing. And if more people come through, well, we just have to 
we'll be fine. Make sure we can accommodate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, this has led you to a few public speaking gigs as well. How was that? Uh, uh, I, two, actually, two, and then the last two. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a real good uh, – oh, I get so nervous public speaking, so I lost a few hours sleep. I just uh, – I struggled. And, but um, it, was, it, was, it was quite good, actually. I, I enjoyed the – I enjoyed the public speaking um, on the back of it. it was a bit therapeutic. Uh, it's nice to get things off your chest. Uh, similar to this podcast, actually, you, you don't really talk about in your general day-to-day life about uh, about the processes in the past and, and how you do things and whatnot. Sometimes public speaking and explain your story can, yeah, sometimes it's the first time you hear it come out of your mouth. So... It sort of makes you think about it. Yeah, it's nice. You know, hopefully passing it on helps 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 someone. And you know, but I know it. You know, in my own agenda, it's helped me sort of come to grips a bit. Yeah, I I don't think I'll do any more. Um, I found that when I did it, it was really authentic. Like I, I spoke from the I spoke from inside, and that was what I wanted to do. And I think if I did it more, I just don't know if I'd have that same authenticity. It wouldn't feel, wouldn't feel right, to be honest. So, so I don't know. I don't think I'll, I'll push for any more of that. But it was good. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully anyone who was listening, you know, it, it aided it in some way. Because it definitely helped me and, and the people around me. So. Yeah, I'm sure there was many points along this journey. Like I've kind of noted it all down here. Um, was there a certain point that you saw it sort of clicked and was like, I'm really going to make the most of this situation that you can pinpoint? Yeah, a couple of times. Um, there's a couple of things. Uh, I met um, during your rehab, you meet a lot of people in chairs and uh, you meet a lot of a lot of different, well, as I wouldn't say draw inspiration, or wouldn't, probably not the right word, more, more like you just start to see and see how some people have gone about coping or, or going about moving on maybe their life. Um, I sort of felt like I'm someone who probably hasn't accepted and probably would struggle to accept the full ramifications of being, you know, a C5 client. Um, I think that's the optimism in me and I don't, you know, I don't think I'll ever change that because that sort of gives you that little bit of hope to, to keep pushing forward and keep, you know, keep searching for answers to hopefully one day get on your feet. You know, I know the chances of that could be, could be, mightn't be there, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep that little bit in my mind to say that if it is there, I'll, I'll keep looking. Um, but a lot, I noticed a lot of guys, I found a lot of guys that got back into work and got back into day-to-day sort of stuff and tried to get them to get their lives back as normal as possible or find a new normal, really cope really well. That's why, you know, I love, I love work and I love, getting back busy again and keeping the mind active. Uh, that helped me sort of, that's helped sort of deal with it. Um, yeah, that was super important, I found, and that's what I sort of drew out of, you know, sort of studying how other guys with these injuries have, have gone about things. I found that was the one that, um, yeah, I found those guys that got back into work and got back feeling feeling um, worthy, you know, were really we're really benefiting and we're really moving on and doing some good things. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, you'd have to be pretty strict with your nutrition. Yeah, uh, the the girls and the guys here, or Jake and the, and Beck and Nick, I think they're a bit horrified by my diet. I uh, I I I, um, I don't. I'm not, yeah. I'm certainly not. Um, certainly wouldn't follow my diet style. I I eat I eat like I eat reasonably well. I just um, I only eat one meal a day, so I think in the nutrition world that's not the um, the usual. But yeah, I eat one meal a day. And is that lunch or dinner or? Yeah, normally a bit of dinner. I think yeah, or oh, I have a, I have a bit of lunch some days and a bit of dinner, and then I'll borderline starve myself. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't, well, no one's told me to recommend it, so certainly. <laughs> but it works. Has worked a bit for me. It's keeping my weight off. I don't. I don't feel like I'm putting too. I, I haven't put on too much weight. I don't think I have put much weight on at all. So. That's a big but thing you're going to be careful of, though, isn't it? Huge, yeah, huge. If I put, if I was to put too much weight on that, the effects of that would, um, uh, in my in my ability in my life, would getting in and out of bed and getting in and out of a car, getting in and out of my chair. Yeah, if I put weight on that, that changes that quite. That, that changes that a lot um, and it wouldn't be, yeah, it'd be hard. And, yeah, at the moment, um, you know, I need a bit of assistance um, mainly from uh, Case and, yeah, and if I push that, if I push my weight too much, that'd be too, it'd be too hard on us. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty wary of it. Yeah. yeah, and now you'd be finding yourself very independent. You'd be doing most, nearly everything yourself. Uh, kind of, kind of. I, um, my next territory. Yeah, yeah, in comparison to where I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I certainly, a big party, I like, I, I, um, oh, for those people that don't know a spinal injury or, a, and in particular, a high level spinal injury, um, yeah, you need, you need a lot of, you need assistance in your bowel care, your toiletries, uh, getting out of bed, a lot of, a lot of really private things you need that assistance. And at first, that could be pretty daunting. You can be a 28-year-old guy who's fully independent and then all of a sudden you've got a nurse to aid you to, to do, you know, general functions like going to the toilet. Um, and that, that can be that can be daunting. But once you get that process down to being um, as non-assistive as possible, it it's, um, starts to make you feel better, yeah, like in, within yourself. But um, a part of this, you, you learn to sort of, you need support and, you, and, it, and I'm so fortunate that, um, that you do need a bit of help with with certain things and, and pretty much, yeah, everyone around me is just not, like, always happy to do that. But I try to keep it to them. I try to do as much as I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. Let's, um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? Yeah, oh, that was pretty good. Thanks, Alaza. No worries. So, Let me just five questions at you that I ask all my guests at the end. Tell us something about you that no one would know. Oh, shit. Um, she's on a pretty open book. I think, <laughs> you said I that at the start. I was like, is there anything you don't want me to ask? And you're like, no, oh. oh, like, yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah. If there's, um, if there, there's, there's something they don't know about me, um, yeah, I don't know it myself, so, yeah, I'm pretty bad at keeping secrets. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? 
Um, yeah, oh, it's bloody tough one. Huh? It's probably probably a mixed bag. Um, um, between sort of, especially post injury, it's sort of been uh, more about um, take the opportunities and, and, and try to sort of constantly keep moving forward. Don't look too back. Don't look back too far, and stay humble. I suppose. Yeah. Um, do ahead of yourself. That's probably the main sort of advice. Um, probably in, in particular in reference to hurt myself. It's more been about, um, yeah. If opportunities come about because of my injury that are positive, I've, I've sort of thought, well, rather than err on the side of, oh, they're only talking, to, you know, because of this. But I've erred on the side of, ah, it's nice. It's an opportunity. I'll take it and. And try to make make it positive. Make yeah. it to the boss. One yeah. thing you said that I've got written down too, which kind of can relate to everyone, the way you said, um, if you're upset, make it a moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being upset. I found, um, you know, especially you know, men's health style stuff. Like, you know, I, I'm not a big tear jerker, but you know, every now and then, if that if that's what flows out and that's what sort of releases you. You know, anguish, then, 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 then let it happen, and, 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 and if you feel better after it, well, that's what it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's good. Um, kind of. Um, is there anything that's happened to you that you thought would be the worst thing in your life, but it's turned out to be a blessing? I'm sure, there's kind of many points in your life. Um. Yeah, I suppose. Like, I suppose. Like, I, I, I definitely. I definitely would have um yeah i don't know it's it's hard uh my injury wise i probably yeah you, you wake up every morning hoping it never happened yeah so it's a, bit of a bit of a funny one but yeah i suppose you there's that little bit in your mind that sort of thinks like that but um i wouldn't say it's a blessing but there has certainly been some you've sure cool. made the most of the situation yeah, there's been some cool moments, and yeah, and I think in general, my goals in life would be, you know, to be a dad and to be, you know, successful at, at your work, and you know, all them goals that I sort of had prior are definitely achievable. So, yeah, so I don't know about blessing, but yeah, hundred percent. Where do you want to be in five years? Um, not sure. Not sure. I. Uh, I want to be a dad. That that's that's pretty it's pretty important to me. Yeah, uh, and I can't be so, so that that's pretty exciting. Um, uh, self sufficient, and what I mean that um, is, you know, I want to be as self sufficient as possible, not as not reliant on as many as as much as yeah, not not reliant on everyone as much as possible. That's physically possible, and um, yeah, I hope that. Yeah, with my business on the move, I hope we're, I hope we're still, we're still doing exactly what we're doing right now. Sure, you will be by the sound of it. It's uh, pumping. Do you have a favourite quote? Uh, not really. No. no, no. Do you are you a user of social media? Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Instagram or or, or the, any of the others. But um. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm not real vocal on it, um, but um, yeah, I, I check. I check in daily. So. 
Yeah, so if anyone wants to reach out, Ryan Medley on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I only just learned how to read uh, your inbox messages if you're not friends with them. <laughs> so, so if, if yeah, if anyone's reached out or or if anyone has said that and never thought that you thought I was being rude, my apologies. I just not real techno savvy. As you figured it's out, in the Europe time, you're just cruising along with no phone. Yeah, just both along. All the phone gets ended, but yeah, just uh, <laughs> try to get on a bit slow as you. Took us half an hour to log on to this. So. Well, when you uh, when I did reach out, you did say I'm not very tech savvy, but we'll give it a go. How do you want to do it? Yeah. Now again, the support around me every better on technology than I am. So. Hundred yeah. percent. One thing I did want to ask you too is, what's a typical day of training look like nowadays? Nowadays, the girls are up me a bit. I get stuck in paperwork too much, but um, yeah, I sort of so my training weekly, uh, and uh, it's normally I do a stand each week. Um, I do a walk each week on a on a on a walking machine with the with the aid of a, an AEP. Uh, and then I sort of generally do uh, – I generally try to aim for three Ks every one or two days on the ski head, which is sort of like a, like I suppose my version of going for a jog uh, and a weight session. But um, I do How get slack. three Ks take? Do you have a time on that? What's that? You have, do you time your three Ks? Yeah, it's a bit over 30 minutes it should take. If I'm doing it around 30 minutes, I'm having a go. If I'm anything over 35, I'm slacking it off. They're a brutal machine, aren't they? I must admit, I do need to push a bit harder on that. I get too stuck on my phone and, and, and too stuck on the, on, on the computer doing stuff. So I need to drop it a little bit and train a little harder, I think. That's what happens when business gets busier, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I suppose that's part and parcel of business stress as well. They're not stressing. Yeah. yeah. All good, mate. Thanks for being so open and honest and giving us your time. Thanks, Lars. I appreciate it. Sorry for taking a while to get back to you. No, no, that's sweet. Thanks, mate. Thanks, man. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing you new. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked it, take a screenshot of this, pop it on your Instagram story, uh, tag Logan Thorpe and Logan Thorpe Fitness in it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you jump over and leave a review. If there's any guests that you think would be good for me to get on the podcast, make sure you flick me a message and I'll reach out to them. Every guest that I've reached out to so far has been more than happy to jump on, which is really, really cool. Until next time.